This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am excited, super excited, because we're doing something we've never done before. We're flipping the script. And I have Mike Foster of Active Duty Passive Investing here in the studio with me today to interview me, Stephen Pesavento, your lovely host, the guy that has been here with you for over 100 episodes now. This is number 100, so we're really excited to celebrate with a different format, something where you're going to actually hear my story with some of the same questions that we work through with every other guest. So you excited? Uh, you ready to rock things, Mike? Dude, I'm ready, man. This is awesome. And I really appreciate you allowing me to share this momentous occasion you know, with you and your listeners. And thank you for everything that you're doing out there to inspire folks, man, because you're crushing it, dude. Your podcast is awesome. I love it. I'm excited to share in this moment. Let's do it. Yeah, and I just want to let everyone know Mike Foster, Active Duty Passive Investing Podcast. They're doing some incredible things. They have over 10,000 people in a private community, all military veterans, active or inactive, or what's the word you use? Yeah, active, active or reserve veterans, right? It doesn't matter who you are. Active Duty Passive Income, you know, we're here to teach you military members who've served how you can leverage your benefits and build wealth for yourself. And they've interviewed amazing people like Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, and so many more. So I'm grateful to have you here. I appreciate it. So let's do this. Let's do it, my man. Let's do it. Awesome. So if we start by looking back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Well, so you guys know me, Stephen Pesavento here, and you know, obviously the host of the Investor Mindset Podcast, which you're listening to right now. And I want to say thank you for doing that because this has been such an amazing experience being able to grow, you know, hit 100 episodes, hit hundreds of thousands of downloads in this period of time since we launched. But my background was or is that, you know, in the last three years, I've done over 200 deals. Just a little bit less than 50% of those have been full-blown flips or wholesales or development deals or lot splits or things like that. But I've been working on the residential real estate side for the last three years. And, you know, when I got started, I had no experience. I didn't, I had never done this before. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. And I really had a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of things that were really holding me back. And I had started out my career in management consulting. And I kind of had that dream job, that job that everybody who's coming out of business school believes that they want. And after a couple of years of doing that, working with some different clients, I was grateful for the opportunity, but I realized like I wasn't really fulfilled. So I set out on this mission to find work that I would be as passionate about as the things I was passionate about when I was back in college. And, you know, ever since then, I continue to iterate and change and do different things. And, you know, that's exactly why we're sitting right here. That's it, man. That's exactly why we're sitting here. And, and Stephen, what I love about you is that your passion is so contagious, man. Like, I mean, from your smile to your body language to your tone of voice, I mean, everything it exudes about you. So I believe it. And I have this firm belief that, you know, those who are passionate in life find the most success. And it's, and it's in ways that you obviously don't even think about. But for you, man, you were able to transition from your career to doing this real estate investing and crushing and kicking ass. That's awesome. But, you know, looking back at your life, would you say there were any 
you know, key influences that you had that kind of helped shape who you are today? Yeah. I mean, growing up as, you know, a young kid, I grew up with very loving parents, parents that both loved me and, you know, both did their very best, but we grew up in a household with not a lot of money. The big stress that kept coming up that, you know, kept being there on a regular basis was that you should go ask your dad for this, or, you know, I don't know if we can afford it. And there was always that feeling of like, there's not enough that the opposite of abundance was kind of the lifestyle that, that I grew up living in. And so I just remember really early on looking up, my grandfather was actually very successful. He owned an insurance agency and retired and then went and bought another one because he got bored. And I just remember always thinking that, and this is how you look up to somebody like your grandfather when you're, you're a kid. But I just remember thinking like, someday I want to be an entrepreneur. I need to go start my own business. I need to go be a business builder because I want to have the lifestyle that he has. I want to be able to have money and be able to help people and be able to make a huge difference in my community. And most importantly, I wanted to get away from the things that I was facing every day. I wanted to get away from the chaoticness of not knowing you know, where that next paycheck was going to come from, the chaoticness of growing up and having so much negative energy around money and just within the household. It just drove me to say, I'm not going to live that kind of a life. And I've been kind of fighting against it ever since. I love that, man. I love that. And I love how you made that decision when you were young, right? Because that decision dramatically affected the rest of your life. I mean, how old are you, bro? I just turned 30. Just turned 30. And here you are, serial entrepreneur, investor, podcaster. You're crushing it, dude. This is awesome. Some people, they wait until they're 40 to push that button after they've been working a desk job for so long, man. But you saw that while you were young and you made the choice, hey, this is what I want to do with my life. Sure, you tried a few things along the way, but you know, you came back to it, you committed, and now here you are, man. So why do you think people, I really do believe this, right? And it's kind of tying the whole passion. It starts when we're young. Sometimes we have some amazing influences in life, like your grandfather, right? Who just kind of showed you and they make you think, make you believe that you can be whatever it is you want to be. But somewhere along the way, we lose faith in that, right? Like, what do you think happens there? Like, why do people give up their dreams? Well, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think one of the reasons I asked this question, you know, the question of you've done a lot in your life, but if we start out by taking a look back, what events or influences from your childhood shaped you are today? The reason I asked that question is because what we deal with when we're growing up, whether it's really great or really bad, those are the things that end up shaping us. But what's more important than them being negative or positive is the way that we actually interpret those events. You know, growing up in a pretty rocky household where there's, you know, some abuse going on and, you know, money is not there and things are so hectic and chaotic and there's not a lot of consistency happening. I could look at that and say, oh my gosh, I grew up and things were terrible and therefore I can never succeed. Or I can look at that and say, because of those challenges in life, because of those things that I went through, I must succeed. I must go to the next level. I must go and do yeah. something bigger and better and beyond because I know what it's like to live the other way. And so I think it's really important for no matter what your origin story is, one, you get to define what it means to you. And two, you can define whether that's going to actually propel you forward or be an anchor, that negative belief that's going to hold you back. 
I love that, man. I really do. I mean, you, what, so what you pretty much said there is that, you know, instead of taking these situations in life and creating excuses, right, as to why you can't achieve success or you're not meant to achieve success or that maybe you're supposed to achieve it later, you said, no, I'm going to use this as my internal fire and I'm going to use it to propel me towards success. That's awesome, man. And I think that right there is there's a mindset that separates those successful 1% from the rest of the 99. Dude, that's awesome. Well, and I want to just like point out a couple of things for people because I know a lot of the listeners look up to people who are on podcasts, who are hosts, people like me and you are doing great things in our business and out in the world. But I just want to say like, I always didn't have this confidence and there's times where it, it comes back to me and, you know, I start to question myself, you know, when I was growing up, I was diagnosed with ADD and some other learning disabilities, but I rejected those very early on. I was put on Ritalin, but when I was a kid, I remember thinking to myself, I don't like the way this makes me feel. It doesn't, I don't have the same character. I don't have the same characteristics, the same passion that I do when I'm on these things. So I actually chose to stop taking it. And I'm really grateful that my mom demanded that I not be put in any kind of special classes because what that did for me is I realized like it made it so that I didn't accept the diagnosis as being true. But there were still times when I was growing up where it was like moving every three or four years, even though my family is not you know, military or anything, have a lot of similarities to a military family just because of all that chaoticness of, you know, having my parents get remarried multiple times and moving and things like that. But it's through those experiences that I now look back and I'm grateful. But in the moment, I hated it. I hated those things. And I wish that things were just normal. But now I look back and I'm like, okay, well, those things help shape me on who I am today and, and why it's so important for me to go and do good in the world and show other people that if I can do it, they can do it. Because there was a point in time where I questioned you guys. I want to be clear. Like, I questioned whether I could do this real estate thing. I questioned whether or not I could be an entrepreneur, whether I should just go you know, do some simple work again, because maybe I'm not cut out for it. But all of those beliefs are beliefs that you guys are all going to have and people are going to have. But we can break through them. And so anyways, I'll stop on that. I'll, I'll oh, man, that, that's, that's awesome, dude. I love it. So let's talk a little bit and, and shift gears on the investing side of the house, right? So where do you spend your primary focus as an investor, right? What would you say you spend with 90% of your time? And you know, what kind of drew you into that? So as an investor right now, I'm spending about 80 to 90% of our focus on my team focused on going out and finding off-market deals, finding a way to make that deal work, and then either wholesaling that deal or buying that deal, right? And so we're focused primarily on the going direct to seller market because what I'm absolutely the best at was building a team, right? So, you know, in a very short amount of time in in my first year, I went from zero deals to 75 deals. And I really did that because I went and found some mentorship. But most importantly, I went and found some other great people to bring alongside me to go on that journey together and to go and do some, some amazing things. And, you know, although we've changed our model dramatically since we started, now we're focused primarily on going direct to seller, going on earn channels like texting, cold calling, or other ways that we can earn our way into having a deal versus just spending our way because we're really focused on what's that bottom line profit that we're going to make versus hitting a huge revenue number and only having a little bit left at the end of the day. Whatever it is, at the end of the day, what I've 
figured out is that I'm really good at team building, I'm really good at sales, and I'm really good at marketing. And so I try to focus all of my time there, really trying to help and coach my team to really do great things. That's awesome, man. So I love that because you've identified almost this superpower within you. What drew that out, right? Because I know that in the entrepreneurial process, it takes a while for us to figure out our superpowers, right? We go through a lot of trial and error. What would you say is maybe like one defining moment where you realize like, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm doing this wrong. Let me refocus and build my team. Yeah, it's it's such a good question. I think I can remember actually it was it was almost a, nearly a year into doing this business and you know for the first I'd say even almost 6 months going out and wholesaling and flipping houses, I was the one who was taking the phone calls. I was that first person the lowest paid role in the company at the time. I was taking that on because I was remote I was living in Southern California when I started my company and I was investing in North Carolina because I didn't have enough money to go and do the right kind of marketing locally in California. And it was just so competitive. But I mm. knew that I could talk on the phone. I had this skill. I could sit in front of the computer. I could work and build the kind of remote business that I had dreamed about building when I read books from Tim Ferriss early on, the four-hour work week. Great book. So I'm sitting there and I'm building a business that's very different from what Tim Ferriss would talk about building, right? I'm super hardcore in it, but it was in alignment because it was going to get me to where I wanted to go. But what I realized was that when I started hiring some other people to replace me, I thought this stuff was easy. I thought, oh, well, everyone's just going to pick up on the right talk tracks. Everyone's just going to be able to understand empathically what they should say and what they shouldn't say. And most people can just read you know, what someone else is thinking just based on the tone of voice and those things. And then I realized by hiring people who are really, really smart that mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't as natural of an ability for everyone else. And I started recognizing, wow, okay, I'm actually pretty good at this. And then I started kind of taking an audit. And that's what I recommend everyone do is, you know, sit down and ask yourself, well, what do you think you're the best at? You know, what am I the best at? And I started kind of writing down some different things, marketing and sales and you know, copy and creating a big vision and getting people all on board with this big vision and kind of all ready to go in the same direction. And I started thinking, well, what are the things that I'm really not good at? Well, I'm not really good at like staying super organized. I can do it, but it takes a lot of effort. And what am I not good at? Well, I'm not so good at like keeping things going after we get out of that, you know, that first beginner kind of hustle stage of a business. Uh, what else am I not good at? Well, I'm not so great at the finances. I can do them, but you know, someone else is probably better at it. And then once you kind of define that, you start realizing like, oh, these are the things that I need to hire so that I can really thrive because someone else might not be good at those things. And that's where you can start getting that confidence. But it really got stronger when I turned to other people, people like you, Mike, people like mentors of mine, peers, friends. And I said, hey, you know me, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And they started listing off these things. And it's kind of like you triangulate to really get a view into that direction you should go. I love that. That is awesome. Really good perspective there. And guys, I think that's really wise. And, and if you're not taking notes, you should because, I mean, you can go through this entire process for years and years, right? It sounds like it took Steve maybe six months to about a year to figure this out. And then boom, he implemented it. But really, it is. It's, it's how quickly you can realize what it is that you're doing wrong your strengths, how quickly you can implement them and boom, right? I mean, now you've started to see success and growth from what the changes you've made, right? I've absolutely seen a lot of growth, both personally and professionally. I'm, I think I'm a much more rich, 
better person than I was even yeah. three years ago. And if I look 10 years back, I wouldn't even recognize the person that I was back then, you know, yeah. and, and I'm yeah. grateful for that growth because it's allowed me to really step up and be the person I was meant to be. I love that, man. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper into this story now. Let's talk about some of the challenges that you faced along the way. What were maybe like one or two really big challenges that you've had to face and how did you overcome? We hear about all these successes and you know, it's easy to focus there because it, it feels a lot better on the successes. But, you know, there's plenty of failures within the real estate business and before. And what I'll say is I had been iterating on this thing called business for a long time. Since I left management consulting, I stayed at jobs less and less long because I started realizing much faster, oh, this isn't a fit for what I'm actually looking for. But one of the roles I ended up leaving a company where I was making really great money to go out on my own and start this startup. And it was in the on-demand storage space. It was a company called QuickBox. What we really did was we essentially did on-demand storage. So we came into your home, we packed up all of your things, we took photos of everything, and then we uploaded all of that into an Amazon-like interface. And when you wanted something back at your house, you would just a couple clicks of a button and we'd deliver it back to you. And it was a phenomenal wow. idea. That's and there's cool. some great companies that are doing it right now called MakeSpace or BoxBee or ClosetBox. And they've received you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in capital that's been raised. Nice. And we got to that point where we were building the company and we were starting to see some of these results. And we had a couple big failures happen. Well, one, we had one of our founders end up just disappearing. He just stopped responding. Oh. He was having a little bit of a breakdown in his life and he just disappeared. And I actually flew to San Francisco huh. and showed up at his door unannounced because I hadn't heard from him and we couldn't find him. And our whole back end was built on code that he had written. And you know, when that kind of a thing happens with a founder, you have to question like, are we doing the right thing? Should we mm. kick this person out? Should we keep going? And what we ended up realizing was that we were building a company just based on going after money. Have you ever been there, wow. Mike? I have been there. I have attempted many times and failed many times. And it's crazy. And it's mm. not bad to focus on making money, but I just realized that it was so out of alignment with my it's values. Out of alignment. At the yep. time, I was a big minimalist. I really, I only had like a few boxes of things in my name. I didn't really believe in storage. And so I realized like we're going down this path. And I talked to my partner, who's now one of my best friends. And I was talking to him and I was like, man, what should we do? Like, we're either going to have to go raise you know, millions of dollars and we had money waiting and ready to be invested in the company, people begging to get in, or we turn a different direction and decide to sell off the assets and shut it down. And it was such an ego hit to turn and say, hey, we're no longer doing this anymore. We right. have decided to shut it down and you know, we're going to go our separate ways because it becomes such a big part of your identity, what you're working on. And you end up thinking, well, because this project failed, now I'm a failure. That is so, so true. And, and it really hit me, you know, as you asked me that question, I, I started thinking about all the times that I did, you know, tried to start this business, tried to get into this, try to do this MLM, right? And it was all money driven, right? Because I was coming from a place of insecurity. And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of us don't realize that, right? When you're coming from a place of insecurity, and you feel like you need to do something in order to make up for this lack there's really no heart and drive into that, right? Mm. There's no, there's nothing strong that really holds you to that why. Because the moment you get out of that insecurity, then what's keeping you in there? 
right? And it's nothing. Or if Absolutely. that insecurity like maybe reforms and really turns into something else, then you realize what you're chasing isn't really helping you at all, right? So like, then you go and find someplace else and maybe that's what your co-founder did at that moment. Who knows? But but wow, man, that's that's crazy. And I love that too. Guys, this is a good lesson. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna interject this real quick. You always wanna make sure you know who you're getting into bed with when it comes to business. Mm. Because something like just happened to Steve, that can happen to anybody, right? And if you're in the middle of, you know, getting a large amount of profit, right, and you're waiting on something critical in your infrastructure and it's not there anymore, that can be detrimental to your entire business, to everything you're working towards. So yeah, absolutely. Man. And and it's not, there's nothing against him. He was going through his own personal life struggles, yeah. but it definitely can put you in a really tough spot when you're relying on somebody else and then they don't show up. Absolutely. So at what point, man, did you realize that you had to shut this thing down? Yeah. So it's crazy how simple of a process it was, but what I was doing at the time was I started going through a program called Personal Power 2, which came out in the 90s or maybe even the 80s from Tony Robbins. And I had heard him speak on a Tim Ferriss podcast. And I thought, okay, well, I want to dive in. I really like what this guy's talking about. I started diving into this program. And what it was really talking about was getting really clear on your purpose, getting really clear on what you want and why you want it. And it was during this process that I started writing down all the things that I wanted in life. I started creating a vision for my future. I started thinking, more about what I wanted to do in the world and who I wanted to help than just thinking about, well, what am I going to make and what is that going to make me look like or feel like or what other people are going to think about. And so I was going through this process, it just hit me and it was so clear. And it's amazing. Every time I've gone through this, I've made some pretty big shifts in my life. So watch out. If you actually sit down and do this, you might make some changes that you'll absolutely love, but might send you down a different path. But after right. doing that process, it was so clear to me that it was almost easy to say, Nope, we're not going in the right direction. And once that purpose was clear, I knew I had to shift gears. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. And now I'll tell you, that's hard. That can be really hard for some people, especially when you've had so much time and emotion invested into something, right? They, you want to feel like, okay, maybe there's another way. But sometimes you just have to, you know, cut the cord. And I think, you know, you're probably better off for it. Now here you are focusing on something that you love to do. That is great, man. That's awesome just kind of looking at all of this, right? Where would you say that you've succeeded in this industry where others maybe didn't? I feel like where I've succeeded was that I didn't give up, that I decided to go all in on something and I just, I didn't stop. So when I finally made that decision to get into real estate, and I know a lot of you guys can relate to me here. I finally made that decision. I remember visually jumping up off the couch. I was sitting at my girlfriend's house of the time. I remember jumping up off the couch and I was watching HGTV at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I am not going to think another moment about this. I'm doing it without a doubt, 100%. And I had been thinking about real estate since I was 17 when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that my dad had actually given me the book and said, hey, you need to read this. And it's ironic that he wasn't able to take action on that in his life, but he was able to instill that in me. And that little bug, it kept growing around. But what ended up coming from that was that this whole time, I kept thinking to myself, oh, I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have the experience. I don't know anybody. My family doesn't come from a background like this. Steven, why would you think that you can go and do this? And so I had all these limiting beliefs holding me back. But it was in that moment 
It was in that moment where I jumped up and I decided that I was doing this without a doubt. And then to confirm that decision, I burned my boats. I fired all of my digital clients, all of the people's whose uh, sites or marketing I was managing at the time. And I essentially had no other way to create income other than to find a way to do this. Now, that is a little bit of a immature way of going into business. <laughs> Wouldn't you yeah. say that's a little bit aggressive? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot aggressive, man. But hey, you know, for some people it works, right? I mean, if you have nothing else that you're holding on to, that success, you, you need to find it, right? But for me, what it ended up doing was it set me down this path of saying, no matter what, Steven, you're going to find a way. No matter what challenges you run into, you are going to get back up and you're going to keep going. And it's at those moments in life that I've realized the difference between when I succeed and when I fail. And for the most part, it's when I make a decision, I say, no matter what, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. And at the time, I mean, I was leaving my house for a week or two weeks at a time every month to Airbnb it so I could pay rent for almost the first year of running this business. And I just want to say, you guys, sometimes it takes that kind of grit and commitment that you got to go to the place where you say, I'm going to do this. And that is the way that you can get to success. I love that, man. I love that. And, and when you're talking to yourself about these limiting beliefs, right? I don't have enough experience. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. How am I going to be successful? So how did you answer that in your head, right? What did you do to gain that experience? Well, those thoughts still come up. I'm going to be honest. You know, there's still times where I might be sitting here, maybe it's before a podcast or, you know, after a call. And I think, you know what, can you really even do this? Should you really go after that thing? You know, those little beliefs pop up and they pop up for all of us. But every time that we push them down, we strengthen, we strengthen that little muscle in our mind that gives us that confidence, that gives us that self-worth, that gives us the ability to go out and do these things. And it was essentially what I did to break through was I decided I needed to find some community. I needed to surround myself with other people who were doing the same thing, and I needed to find a mentor. And so the short version of the story, some of you guys have heard it before, I immediately signed up for a real estate event that was happening a week later. I listened to multiple podcasts from the speaker who was there, including Flip Nerd. I went to the meetup with a mission in mind, and that mission was to find a way to add value to this person's life. And so I went in. And I had some skill sets and I walked up to that person and I was waiting in the wings until everyone else left and I made my offer and I said, hey, I'm really, really good at building websites. And I noticed that you have a website that doesn't look so good. You know, it looks pretty bad actually. And I would love to be able to build you a ten dollars or $15,000 website for free. Would you just let me follow you around or maybe give me some pointers along the way? And before I could even finish, she had her hand stuck out. She was ready to make a deal <laughs> because she knew that I was coming with value and that that just shows like when you are willing to give without expecting in return, you end up getting so much more. And it was because of that, that I really started building that confidence and started learning the lingo so that other people would take me serious as I was on my journey to grow. That is awesome, man. Guys, I hope you are taking notes on this because that is the number one golden rule, best way, fastest way to just grow, man. That is incredible. And once you find that mentorship, you find that community, you can start to see what all the other experienced individuals that are playing at that level are doing. So once you put yourself into that atmosphere, right, what habits did you see that were driving people's success and what did you take and implement in your own success? 
Yeah. I mean, so my daily habits is I do my four M's and some of you guys have heard of this before. It's really, really powerful. I learned it after studying some of the, you know, the most successful people in the world, but those four M's break down to mindset, meditation, movement, and mapping my day. And I'll break those down real quick and I'll provide you guys with, you know, a little video. If you head over to the investormindset.com slash morning, you can get a nice little video series where I dive deeper into each of these things and a challenge for you to implement these in your own life. And so what I do is I commit to myself that I'm going to do all four of these things for 10 minutes minimum per day. So I wake up and I sit down and I meditate for 10 minutes. And sometimes I'll meditate for much longer, but I commit to a minimum of 10 because that's something I know I can achieve every single day. And sure, there's times where I don't or there's times where I fall flat and there's weeks where I fall flat, but I just get back up and I keep doing it. So I start with some meditation. I jump into some movement, maybe some stretching, maybe a quick 10 minute run, maybe something longer, but I commit to that 10 because it's something that I know I can do. It doesn't seem overwhelming. And then during that run or after or before the run, I'll listen to some mindset. I'll listen to some podcast or a book or something where I'm going to learn or I'll sit down and I'll read something that's valuable just to kind of like put some of that information in my head and remind myself, hey, Steven, you got this. There's going to be some challenges today, but you're going to be able to find a way through it. And then I finish out by mapping my day. And I start out my whole week by mapping my week. What are the most important items that are going to get me to the outcomes or my goals that I'm working on right now. And then I break that down by day and I commit each morning to what I'm going to accomplish. And so I just choose three things, three of the most important things that if I did those three things and nothing else, I would be making progress towards my goals. And it was that process which actually allowed me to do so many deals. And it's that process which allowed me to launch the podcast and have you know so much success right off the bat, reaching hundreds of thousands of listeners. I love that, man. That is awesome, bro outstanding. So, I mean, I really feel like we have learned so much. I've learned so much just sitting on the other side of this interview, man. This is amazing. I gotta take some of this, but I know that we're kind of running short on time. So uh, I guess we're going to run into these growth rapid fire questions, right? We've Next. made it to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire Let's round where it. the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. <laughs> All right. I love it. So let's make, let's make this happen. So we've got some questions here. What's a book that has impacted your life the most, right? Or one you would share with others? There's so many books, right? And I have a stack of them behind me. I have a whole bookshelf on the other side of my computer here for those people who are watching on video. And I think books are such a powerful way to really learn and get some of these lessons, some free mentorship you know, some very cost affordable mentorship. But one that really made a big difference was a book called The Go-Giver. And the reason that made a big difference was because it just reminded me of this whole idea that when we go into the world and we're going to do good and we're going to give first and we don't necessarily expect something, that doesn't mean we're not going to make offers. That doesn't mean we're not going to sell things. That doesn't mean we're not going to make a lot of money. But what it does mean is that we're going to go with the right kind of view in mind, the right kind of values first. And it just changed my whole view on everything after kind of reading that and just being like, yes, this makes so much sense. It feels so right and aligns with my values. And that book, it has been recommended so many times. I personally have not read that yet. So I definitely need to read it because that sounds like it just speaks to my soul. man. That's awesome. Inspiration, right? What impact have mentors made in your life, right? And how do you look at finding great mentors? 
You know, great question. And, and to be honest, mentors have been one of the biggest reasons that I've been able to do anything that I've done. It's been the way that I've gone about learning. It's the way that I go about finding motivation and inspiration. It's the place that I go to find belief, right? And when I say that, I mean, I'm actually going out and looking for other people who have a belief that says they can do this, that they can succeed in this thing. And then I'm taking their belief. I'm saying, nope, I'm going to borrow that belief for a little bit. I'm going to take it, Mr. Mentor, Mrs. Mentor, and I'm going to run with it myself until I can prove to myself that it's a belief that I can really carry on my own. And so mentors have been everything, like from the free mentor that I, you know, I first started out with when I was trading to spending tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars on mentorship, you know, over the years have allowed me to be able to model their businesses so that I can start living the life that they're living and running the kind of business that they're running. And, you know, I'm a big believer that you should go and find mentorship for people who are living the kind of life that you want to live. The kind of people who have the same kind of values and people who are, have either been on that path and have already cut their way or people who are right there just a little bit ahead of you, because there's benefit to both. The person who is way out in front and can be that inspiration and show you the example of, man, this person has been able to grow their business to this level. Like, that's so cool. I want to be like them. It's great to have those kind of mentors or coaches. And it's also great to have somebody who's just a couple steps ahead of you because you realize like you're not that far behind them, right? You can still see them on the path and you can catch up and you can yep. walk alongside them. And then all of a sudden those mentors become your peers. That's awesome, man. I love that. So talk to us about purpose, right? What drives you to live your best life every day? You know, it's the way that I end all these episodes. And my purpose is to help inspire others to live their best life every day. And I encourage everyone to do the same thing. I've just realized that, you know, I had a lot of fears and a lot of beliefs that I couldn't do it or that I, you know, I didn't have the right skill set or the right family background or any of these things. And thank goodness for some other mentors who showed me the way and said, hey, you can do this. And I just want to be able to be that beacon of light you know, when sometimes things feel pretty dark to be able to say, hey, you know what? You got this. Let's get up. Let's keep moving forward. And uh, let's cut our way through this dark time. I love that. I'm really glad you ended, you know, it on the whole fear basis, right? Matter of fact, I'm going to throw one more random question at you that you didn't even think you're going to get today, right? Since we're talking about fear, what could you say to this whole coronavirus fear? Right, that's out there and people that are just so worried thinking that this is going to be the end of the world or another recession, right? Like what would you address to those people that are worried about what's going on today? What I would address is that, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, we don't have all the information. We don't really know what's going to happen. What we do know is that the world's changing. What we do know is that we are seeing a big impact. And what we do know is that people are feeling this. They're feeling it in their pocketbooks. They're feeling it in their heart. They're feeling it from the loved ones that are hurt or dying or going through some kind of trouble. But what we do know is that we need to step up as leaders, that this is our chance to step up and shine and say, hey, you know what? Things are tough, but we've got to accept that this is the reality we're living in. We've got to accept that things are tough and that there's challenges and we're going to anticipate what some of those challenges might be. And we're going to look at all the different challenges that could be out there. But we're going to say, no matter what, I'm going to turn into that fear. I'm going to face it and I'm going to push forward anyways, because as entrepreneurs, as investors, as leaders in our communities, we have to stand up and say, hey, we're going to find a way through this because no matter how bad it gets, 
The sun is going to come back out. No matter how bad it gets, this is going to clear up. And this is our opportunity to really make sure that we can be those beacons for everybody and really inspire others to do the same. Outstanding. Well, I guess that brings us to the conclusion, right? This is it. Dude, that was phenomenal, man. I love this, bro. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this, dude. This is incredible. Guys, you have an amazing leader right here in Steven. And I think that it's a blessing when you have such an awesome person with a genuine heart, you know, that gives back in such a way that has so much wisdom to share. Just being a part of this has, has been great. You know, coming back on here and speaking again, it's been awesome, man. I really wish you the best of success, man, with the podcast, with the community and everything, man. The real estate, dude, this is awesome, bro. I love it. Thank you for letting me share this with you. Absolutely. And I want to leave you guys with this. I want to say thank you for being a part of this audience. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting everything that we've been putting out since we've started. And I just want to encourage you guys and I'll leave you with the same thing. I always leave you. And I want to encourage you guys to go live a life worth inspiring others. And you can do so today by taking some of the stuff that we talked about and applying it within your life. If you love what we're doing, I really do encourage you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button hit the bell so you get the notifications if you're watching on YouTube and head over to Instagram and give us a little bit of love and support at Steven.Pesavento on Instagram. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being here, Mike. And uh, we will see you guys on the other side. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to the InvestorMindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.